You're listening to Bleed TV, the only podcast for today's best shows and movies. I'm Zach, and tonight I am honored to have Al Goff with us today. With such chops as being co-creator for Smallville, Shannara Chronicles, and my personal favorite, Into the Badlands. Al, how are we doing today, man? Good, good. Thanks for having me on the, on the podcast. No, no, no. The thanks comes from me, my friend. Um, I have to say and confess, uh, as we spoke earlier, I have been calling you, you the wrong last name, and I will be correcting that from now on. You are not Al Go. We are Al Goff. So I want to make Al sure. Yes. I want to make sure yeah, everybody understands the difference there. I can't stand it when people, people mispronounce my name, but that's one of those things. Yeah, uh, it's actually, Miles and I both have that. It's Miles Miller, even though it's spelled M I L L A R, and it's Al Goff. But we had so many people. When we first started Hollywood, we, they were calling us Millar and Go. That after a while, we just stopped. We actually just stopped correcting them. So I'm going to be honest with you. I have been calling him Millar ever since I've ever heard the name or seen the name. So now I am yeah. double corrected. Yeah. And all right, well, you know, it shows my <laughs> lack of professionalism and you know, not even know the proper name. So uh, it, you know, it's, it's, seriously, we I said we stopped correcting people. So it's, it's nobody's <laughs> nobody's fault. I understand <laughs> except I'm, ours. Well, again, I can't thank you enough for joining me tonight. And I'm telling you, I have never been so excited for a second season of a series as I am to End of the Badlands. And I have to tell you, I was worried at first because there was such a long pause but uh, between seasons. But um, I have learned that, you know, there's been such a production and such amazing, um, you know, things have gone into this second season. What is something you can say that we're really going to be looking forward to going into this? Well, I think the word the word for this season is really epic. I mean, the show is just much bigger. I mean, there's, I mean, I know we've been off the air. You know, it was November. We ended in December of 2015, and we've been off the air for it feels like forever. It's been it'll be like 15 months, which you know certainly wasn't wasn't our you know desire nor the nor the networks. But you know, the fact of the matter is, we moved the show from New Orleans to Dublin, and you know also. You know, our, our Hong Kong uh, partners, you know, Daniel Wu and Stephen Fung and Master Didi, you know, all have careers outside of outside of Hollywood in China. And <laughs> so it was trying to get everybody's schedules lined up um, so that we could do season two. And, you know, we really wanted to take the time to, um, you know, get the story right as well. So, you know, the, the network, you know, really gave us the, you know, the, the time we needed to, to map out the season, to figure out how we were going to, you know, not only tell the best story, but also how we were going to execute it. Um, so that's, it, there was a, I mean, you know, this show is always a, a big, uh, it's a big production. You know, we have two full-time units. We have a drama unit and a Hong Kong fight unit. And, you know, you can just imagine, I say it's like playing, you know, three-dimensional chess on rollerblades, you know, trying to figure <laughs> out that. That, that production schedule and then by the way inevitably then we have a third unit shooting you know that's shooting you know it's a splinter unit that shoots you know scenes that got dropped or pickups or extra shots that we need you know so it's just it's it's crazy you know I remember you know just being in Ireland and just driving from set to set each day um, and it was uh, you know it was just a really massive production but I think it, it look it all it all really paid off I think the season you know, really takes the show to the next level. I mean, season one for us, because six episodes is, is frankly sort of an odd number as a storyteller. Cause and way too short. By the time, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, it's kind of like, oh, by the time we get going, now we kind of have to wrap it up. But we, 
but we also want to make sure that we, you know, leave people wanting more. So, I mean, we sort of looked at the first season as almost like a super pilot, and now the show's really kind of, you know, really beginning and really kicking, you know, kicking into that gear. Is, and, yeah, that and, is a great explanation, a super pilot. That's, that's exactly what it was. It was just a great... Yeah, I, yeah and, and it's it's funny when I watched, you know, when it went on Netflix, you know, because we watched, obviously had been, you know, watched bits and pieces of it, and certainly when we were going to Dublin, it was explaining it, and it's funnily enough, it was on a, it was on a flight that I was taking to um, uh, last year to India, so I actually watched, and I hadn't seen them, you know, in, in you know, probably four or five months. And, I, and there were no commercials, and I just watched them all back-to-back on the flight, and I thought, oh, my God, yeah, it really does. You know, I think if you watch it on Netflix now, where you know, season one's available on Netflix, and without the commercials and without, you know, the weekly, you know, waiting for the next episode, and you can just sort of immerse yourself in it, I think you will see that the story, you know, each episode is, is designed to be, you know, to stand alone as an episode, which I think is something that's, you know, I think that's important in television, and I think something that, you know, I've, I've seen this term, which I didn't understand uh, until recently, called like net, Netflix drift, where you'll just have episodes of a of a Netflix series or any, I think, streaming series or a series that's just made for a streaming service, where you're where you're kind of just getting through to the next episode, and in television, you know, whether it's cable or network or premium you really can't afford to do that. Every episode has got to be, you know, has got to stand alone as an episode, but then also fit into kind of the bigger piece of the story you're telling over the course of the season. And I I think that's something, yeah. And I think that's something that's important. And you look at shows like you look at, you know, you look at breaking bad, you look at game of Thrones, you look at walking dead, like they do that. You go, Oh, that's the episode where that happened or this happened. It has to be memorable. It has to be memorable. Yes. Has to be memorable, and it and it just it has to be something that hooks you and keeps somebody coming back for more. So that I think once you know, if you do, if you if you employ that sort of discipline on a television show, and then when you watch it on the streaming service together, I think it just makes the experience that much more fun. And I and you know, I I really love you know looking at Twitter and seeing people's responses to the to the season one because I just think it's. You know, and we've been away from it for so long now that you know, frankly, I, I can be, I can be a little more objective about what what worked and didn't work, or things we were trying, or things that we, you know, were setting up in season one that are really going to pay off big in season two. So, you know, it's um, it's been a it's been a great experience, and obviously, going forward, our plan is to not be off the air for fifteen months between seasons two and three. You know, I would appreciate that. My health would be yeah. much better if you didn't. Yes. Oh, believe me, I no, nobody wants to do that. But I think it was really look. I think it was. I think it was time well spent. I think the season turned out really well, and you know. And I think people are. I think people are going to. It's you know. I, I will say to the fans. I think it's been worth the wait, and I hope uh, you know. And I really hope they enjoy it because I. I just think that it's just you know. It, you know, as a creator, the nice thing about television is that it's always evolving and it's always changing. So, you know, when you're storytellers so that you can, you know, fix things that aren't working or, or, you know, look at other elements. So I sort of feel like this year, you know, the show's got the right, I would call it chemical balance. Um, you know, the drama and the fighting and, and the intrigue and the world building and, you know, seeing much more of the 
world than you saw in season. I mean, I think season one, we called it world glimpsing. You know, I mean, you saw the fort and you saw the sanctuary and you saw Wall Street, which was right outside the fort. And, you know, that's kind of it. You got to see little, but you got the hint that there was more to come. You know, you got the hint, you know, from like the River King or Walter. Oh, yeah. Well, not only that, you know, your six episodes did a really, really good quality job of making you fall in love with the characters within a short span. And right. and then to mix that in with the the, the audience is concerned this is nothing more than a, a kung fu movie gone extreme on right. TV. Um, I yeah. think y'all did an exceptionally well job of making you understand hey who Sonny is and who MK is and the intrigue and where the story goes and how it all connects and you know when we were podcasting this every week when y'all had this going every week we were just tantalizing and just salivating for what's next week going to show us what's the next easter egg what's the next thing that's going to give us a clue to where it's going because we knew it was a right. short run and you know y'all have created a, a you know a template that has an endless opportunity and i think that's one of the biggest yeah. draws to y'all's show well well thank you and i think that's you know and we certainly feel that way too and i think you know, and I think season two really kind of delivers on the promise of season one, you know, that we're really, you know, that we're really proud of. And you'll just, you know, you get to see, you know, more of the world and, you know, you get to delve into more of the characters, you get to meet new characters. And, you know, the, the thing you always want to do with a television show is, you know, is really entertain people. I mean, nothing's more valuable than people's time and you don't want to waste it and you don't want them to invest time in something that they don't think is going anywhere. So I think that's something for us too. You know, you want to deliver a unique original show that really, you know, that makes it worth people sitting down and, you know, giving us an hour of their time every week. Well, let me tell you, the word unique is an understatement for what y'all have created with this. Now, you can't think of another show that has basically what y'all have set forth when it comes to a world without guns. And, you know, it's a world forward, but it's also backwards at the same time. Um, with, right. You know, I mean, I mean, you, there's nothing out there that, that that tickles this. And one of the things that a lot of people, my friends and listeners, are asked me is that where did you come up with this concept? Was this something that you just pulled out of thin air, or was there inspiration from different things? Where did y'all get this? Yeah, it's really, you know, I would say there was really inspiration from different things, you know, and 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 it's it's basically it's a I would say it's a mashup of all of the things that Miles and I really love, you know, it's samurai movies, it's Hong Kong, you know, movies, it's, it's sort of, you know, even to historical Chinese epics, it's science fiction, you know, it's, you know, it, it's got, it's steampunk, you know, it's got a little bit of, of all the things that we like, but, you know, you want to take those influences, but you need to build something that, that, you know, that basically can sustain a show, you know, that really can do that. So for us, you know, we love the idea of doing a martial arts show. You know, we obviously in our resume between Shanghai Noon and Shanghai Nights and beat me to Weapon it. Four and Mummy. What's that? I said you beat me to it. I was finna, I was finna reference the Shanghai movies. <laughs> yeah, but you know, we just you know we we I mean we've had the great good fortune, which is like you know two middle aged white guys. We've managed to work with you know Jackie Chan and and Jet Li and Michelle Yeoh and Sammo Hung and you know so we've just we've had this thing we thought you know nobody's really done this on television in a way that's that frankly is is good you know it's it's just like or really you know honors what these things do or try to find the you know a way to introduce this to american audiences 
And we knew, and when we went in and pitched it to AMC, before we started the pitch, you know, because we had sort of a sizzle reel of, you know, here's how we want the show to look. It was a reel of all of the influences and the things we wanted it to, the show to look like. And we said, look, before we pitch this, I'm just, we're just going to tell you, this show requires a full-time Hong Kong fight unit that runs simultaneous to the main unit. Like, that's how Hong Kong cinema is made. That's what Jackie does. That's what Jeff does. You know, that's what Samo does. Like, that's what they do. And, and so if you guys are not down with that, then we shouldn't pitch it because like what we don't want to do is pitch it, start to go make the show. And then you go, Oh, you're going to get, you know, a day of main unit and a couple of days of second unit. And then you got to make it work. And it's like, and, and, you know, again, to AMC's great credit, they were all in, they wanted that too. They wanted it to be authentic. They wanted it to be groundbreaking. And, you know, again, like every other network, they wanted something that wasn't on television and that, and the show was not on television. Yeah, so that's an understatement that. again. <laughs> yeah, but then and then we looked around and went, okay, we want to tell an epic story. We don't want to put it in the present. We don't want to put it in the past. We want to be able to put all of these influences. How can we do that? And that required us, frankly, creating our own world. And but we wanted to take the things that we like. Like if you look at the Barons, you know, and the and the Regents and the Clippers and the Colts, it's sort of you know. Shogun and Samurais and Ronin and you know so it's so it's like taking that sort of Japanese feudal culture, but and but and said okay we'll put it in the in the in the future, but then we also like the idea that you know the future isn't Mad Max it isn't Blade Runner it isn't every version that we've seen you know and we we love the idea that you know the bright frankly beautiful color palettes of Chinese epics really you know said something we were like we want that in the show you know we want it to be a world that has color in it even though it is kind of a dystopian future it doesn't mean that it's all got to be desaturated Man, it's a you visual know, appeal gonna... i mean everything every yeah. every screenshot or everything you could imagine the vibrancy the detail the, like you said the color palette it's top notch yeah. there's there's nothing in comparison yeah. to it and so i totally see where you're going with that yeah good so so there was that so we had so that's something else we wanted to do and, you know, and then we also wanted this, you know, this idea of, you know, the sort of mysticism to it, which is, you know, where, you know, MK and his power and the idea that when you're cut, you know, something it just kind of explodes out of you, which, you know, it, it is it is borrowing, frankly, from some of our superhero past, um, you know, and it, it's a little of, I would say, of sort of an Akira influence as well. You know what I mean? You just we but we just love that idea that there is some sort of mysticism in this future where there are no electronics, there's no, you know, tech, you know, it's all, I, I sort of rule of thumb in season one was if it existed during the industrial revolution or it could be done without a computer chip, then it can exist in this world. That's why even like, if you look at the cars, the cars are all basically cars up until, you know, the seventies, because guess what? After the seventies, automakers started putting computer chips in their cars and Absolutely. So those wouldn't have survived. You know what I mean? So it was like, so you see like, you know, and we pull the cars, you'll see it this season too, you know, you pull them from all different eras, but it also adds to kind of the steampunk vibe. And we wanted to, you know, I would say it's a steam, there's a steampunk aesthetic, there's also an Asian aesthetic. We didn't want to lean too hard into the steampunk to the point where you're like, why the fuck would they make something look like that? You know, which is, <laughs> yeah. I think, I think sometimes these movies, you know, sometimes these movies, you know, I, mean, I just remember Wild Wild West because, 
you know, it was, it was, um, ridiculous. We were making <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Shanghai noon. And it was like, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm glad we're not doing that movie. But I just remember like, this is crazy. Like we don't, we, we wanted the, just the aesthetic of steampunk, but we thought if it gets to a point where you're like, why would you go through all this trouble to, you know, boil a pot of water? You know, you're like, no, we're not doing that. So, um, well, I so think it goes towards your, your whole deal of making it realistic. See, that's the other yeah. part is too, is that, when you mention Wild Wild West, you're talking about things that are you, you somebody could say is visually cool and appealing, da 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 da. But that cliche is a cliche for a reason. Yeah. That nowadays people, even like our podcast, I want to see that you produce something on there that's actually plausible, something that's realistic. Yeah. So when somebody grabs a tool, it's actually something that's a tool, not you know. Don't yeah. tell me you got robotic legs that we don't have in today's society or even in the future, but you got it back then. You know, that makes no sense. You know, right? Uh, I'm totally with you on that, and and that's what our audience, most of the people we know or talk to, want. They want to see that when you produce something, that it's actually plausible, realistic, and yeah. that you go the extra mile in detail. I mean, even with your fight scenes and the action recording, yes, we do know that sometimes if you jump from a building over to a top of a car that's 30 feet away, that's technically not plausible. But you can make right. it look as real as humanly possible and then add the elements that make it where it doesn't distract you from seeing that. Right. And that's what y'all do. Right. When y'all do a scene and you're whirling around in the, in the rain and you don't see rain flying away from your spins because it's CG or you're doing some kind of crazy cartwheel and rope or whatever the situation may be, and it's completely right. just bogus, you don't see that in any of, any of, any of y'all shots. You see the detail to where somebody's actually soaking wet and they're spinning their hair, well, spinning and releasing water. You know, I mean, it's just because they were soaking wet. Exactly, it was real. Yeah, yeah that, yes. Wall Street was that whole set, which we call Wall Street because it was sort of at the back of Quinn's Wall, was um, was actually built in a community center in in Laplace, in a in just in a in a right outside of New Orleans, and we brought in. You know, we had to, it had to, you know, have proper drainage so we could drain the water out, and we put in rain towers, which had to be high enough that they wouldn't get in the way of the cranes for the wires. And I mean, it was it was a huge it was a huge production. Sounds like a hell of an undertaking. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that street was built, but we knew we were going to do, frankly, several. You know, and again, this is when you're doing six episodes, and you're going, okay, if I'm building this massive set what scenes am I going to do on here? And I said, well, we're definitely doing the rain fight here because we're kind of essentially kind of building it for the rain fight, you know, and then we're going to do the Abbott fight at the end. And then we're going to do the fight, you know, where he chases Angelica, you know, from the, from the dollhouse across the balconies and then she kills herself. So we knew we, you know, we knew we had, and then we had scenes in there and Vale's, you know, clinic was right there. So it's like, we knew we had it, but all of this stuff is real. And that's, I mean, that's something else that, you know, certainly for, for Miles and myself, it's, that's important. And, and, you know, we do it on Badlands and, you know, we do it on Shannara as well, which was like, you know, you want to build, you know, we build the sets, you know what I mean? It's like the sets are real. They're not CG. They're not avatars doing it. Like there's no, like, no, nobody scanned. And then like, we just yeah. do it CG. Well, like, thank you. None of Let that. me tell you, yeah. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Practical effects are the future yeah. For today's viewer, the CGI yeah. thing has has run its course in our mind, and some of our so many of our viewers, our listeners, agree that you can CGI a movie to the point of unwatchable, and yeah. appreciate you keeping the practical part of it. That's what that's what real TV needs now. Yes, no, and that, and that's also that's 
that is the Hong Kong style. Like they don't use. Do we use CG? Of course, we got to remove. We, we use we use CG in ways that hopefully you don't really notice. Like there's obviously there, we use digital blood in certain things that we can't use real blood in. Well, but there's we just some like things you can't keep spraying people with thirty gallons of blood, like it shows sometimes. Exactly. Y'all do. <laughs> yeah. So there's that, and then obviously you got to remove the wires that that they use for for the for you know some of the stunts and things. But you know, and then there's environments that you're putting you're you're adding CG to, but it's not. You know, I don't think the show. Let's see, the CG is not your focus. The CG no, is not. to keep your eye on the prize, not on the CG, and that's the that's exactly. the difference. And so again, we extremely applaud the way you're doing that. I think it's fantastic. Oh well, thank you. Thank you. So, now, tell me about yes. tell me about yeah. what does it go into? I mean, you you talk about having this Hong Kong squad and everything else in the second unit. And so, I mean, for a typical fight scene, let's, let's talk about the rain fight scene, like you're talking about. How yes. much time are we talking about in prep, stunts, film? I mean, what 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 does yeah. it go into something like this? Well, we have to. I mean, the first thing we do, and the, and this is the thing that we always did this with Jackie and with Jet is. You know, the fight sequences are written in the script. So it's not just like we get to the script and you go, oh, and we and we fight. It's not done like that. <laughs> Do your thing. Well, the fights are, <laughs> yeah, the fights are baked. In, it's a couple of things. It's like the fights have to be, and especially in this show, it was about integrating the martial arts and the drama. So you're taking Hong Kong martial arts and, and integrating sort of the American cable drama into it. So basically, and we've always been this way, is, Fight sequences are like musical numbers. They have to be plot movers and show stoppers. They have to have a story. Like, what's the story in the fight? So it's not just punch, 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 kick, kick, kick. Oh my God, is this over yet? Let's move on. You know, it's quick cutting. So it's like there's. It's a little ballet. It's a little dance. You know, and and I think you know with with um, Master Didi and Stephen Fung and and Daniel. You know, with the, what you do is you say, here's what we're doing. Like, we're doing a fight in the rain. The widow's basically testing Sonny. And then, you know, and we write it out. It doesn't mean they do what we've written, but they understand kind of the parameters of what the fight needs to accomplish. Yeah, they, you know, they know your goal. Then yeah. They know the goal. And then they are literally, it's like a jazz band. Then they come in, and then they go, oh, what if we, you know, and then we thought, oh, the widow's car is in the street. So, so. Master Didi was like, well, we're going to use the car. The car can be a focal point. We can do a flip on the car. Like he starts, he just comes up with a million ideas, you know, and it's, you know, and, and they, they, they evolve the fight and then they'll, you know, shoot it on, on their iPhones. You know what I mean? So we can sort of pre-biz what the fight's going to look like. They have a, they have a rehearsal studio, you know, and again, like you'd have a rehearsal studio for, for a dance number and they, they can basically, you know, sort of pre-biz, the fight, obviously, it's easier in the beginning of the season when you've got more time. Obviously, when you get into the season, it gets harder. But, um, but you know, that's really... And so a fight like... Um, the rain fight took 10 days to shoot. That's a 10-day fight, you know. But then what's interesting is, like, the, the Widow fight at the top of Episode 2, Season 1, where we first meet the Widow and she comes into that, into that bar and she meets her old regent and they're only one of my favorite scenes ever yes go ahead (laughs) yeah i mean that's an amazing that's an amazing fight emily is amazing choreographed (laughs) planned they did it and that that fight they shot i think in three days you know what i mean so so and it's just because 
Emily's very good, and they knew exactly what they were going to shoot because, again, they had sort of worked out in rehearsal how that was all going to go. So, so you know, it's it all depends on the fight. You know, we and we and we shoot the show in blocks, like in blocks. In season one, we shot in blocks of three. So we go, we have this many days in a block. You know, you have eight days an episode to shoot. So you have this many days in a block in the main unit. Obviously, you're breaking down the drama scenes and you're boarding them and that. And with a fight unit, we go, okay, how many days do we need for this fight? And also, what do we want the fight to accomplish? Do some fights require that much time? Do it, like Sometimes we go, let's put the emphasis on, you know, the rain fight. And then, and then we don't need to do, you know, this other fight doesn't have to be as big. We don't, don't need as many moves. Because also the thing that, and this is something, frankly, that was that Miles and I hadn't thought of before because of, um, you know, in movies you don't really have to worry about the time, which is, you know, a, a broadcast, you know, a television show, whether it's cable or, or broadcast, is, you know, 42 minutes and, and 50 seconds. And so you need to figure out, like, you need to tell the story, but then how long are the fights going to be? Is this fight going to be a one-minute fight, a two-minute fight, a three-minute fight? So, you know, there's probably on average, you know, in a 42-minute show, five minutes of fighting, which, you know, in most, you know, dramas, you know, every commercial break is called an act. And, you know, five minutes is an act. <laughs> so you have to go, or, you know, one act of your show is dedicated to the fighting or the action. Wow. And then, you you know, and you need to account for that when you're breaking the stories. And some of this... <clears throat> You know, it was in season one. We kind of figured it out as we were going, and Miles and I kind of wrote all the scripts. So we we were like, okay, now we got to do this, and we kind of knew. And like I said, we just looked at it like a big. We knew what the episode breaks were, but we sort of looked at it like a big pilot. And like I said, we shot three episodes and three episodes. So, and the first three were directed by Dan Stopkin, who we did Shanghai Nights with, who did most of the setup of season one and had worked with a fight unit because he worked with Jackie's fight unit. So he knew exactly what he was doing. He knew how to communicate with them. And he was able to, to kind of really set it up, kind of explain it to the crew. You know, the Hong, the Hong Kong guys felt comfortable with him because, because he had the Jackie stamp of approval. You know, Steve, you know Stephen Fung and, and, and Daniel used to be managed by Jackie Chan and were in Jackie's movie. So it's like we, we all have one degree of Jackie Chan. Basically, <laughs> in, um, in, in the show. Hey, let's I mean, start a new trend so, right there. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So you know, it was something that we we set it up, but you had to set it up, and you had to explain it to an American crew, and you had to explain what we're doing, and that you know, Master DD, this is how they work. You know, you, you're not going to take a jazz orchestra and turn them turn them into a symphony. You know what I mean? Like they're not going to be. It's not going to be. You know, they're going to come in with a specific shot list and stuff because. Master Didi in his head as he's watching it evolve is going, oh, I don't need that shot. I don't have, if I don't have time for that, you know, he's, he's kind of looking at the clock, knowing how many hours in the day he has, he and Steven. And then they'll be like, okay, do we need that shot? No, we can we can collapse a section of the fight and do this. Or ooh. or they'll get there and they'll, like a locational inspire them. They'll go, oh, we want to add this. You know, there's a whole section in the in the um, warehouse fight in episode two, you know, Sonny versus all the, you know, while rioters hanging and Sonny's in the warehouse versus all the, all the nomads, that whole thing that go into the, it looks like a massive, like 
fan with the light coming behind it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something that Steve, Steven saw that on location and went, ooh, I know what I want to do here. I want to light through it, and then I want to have this sort of shadows, and then I want to have him in there, and then I want to have a bunch of people coming in. And in one shot, you just see him take out a bunch of people, like just in a, in a master. We don't, we don't go close. Just stay in the master. So we were like, oh, that's cool. So, you know, these, you know well, these, these, I mean, the fights are... You brought up a good point right there, and not to cut you off, is that another thing that you do in y'all show, which is not typical, and I don't know if this is something that you're in emphasizing or bringing to the thing, but uh, to the table per se, is is that y'all's cinematography is a little different. Um, and I don't know if that's because yeah. you're, you know, you said you're, um, you're the foreign, you know, influence or anything like that, but your angles are a little different. Um, you carry things at different lengths. So, you know, a lot of times people emphasize like close-up hits and shots and different things like that. And y'all kind of do the opposite on some of these things. Was this a, you know, a decision y'all went into it or is this just an influence from the yes. director? No, no, it was, I mean, Miles and I like, I mean, we, our thing is, is, and I think if you, you know, if you look at Smallville and you look at Shinar and you look at Badland, we like to shoot things very cinematically. And cinematically means you're going very wide and you're getting full masters of scenes. Or you go very tight, so you're in the close-up, so you're and so you can see people's eyes, so you can see what they're thinking. And what we try to avoid are what I call the cowboy shots, which is most of, a lot of television, less so now than say you know ten years ago or so. But where you would literally see, it's a thing you see a lot on network TV, which I which is basically a shot almost like from the from the waistline to your head. Oh yeah, it's called the, like call the ten foot shot. Yeah, the entire time you're ten feet yeah, away from and the you're actor. Just going like, you're like, it's not wide, it's not close, it's just boring. You know what I mean? Like there's, And then we also like to frame things cinematically. So you look at things, things are framed on the left of the frame or the right of the frame. We don't literally, we don't like to go dead center on a frame because it's just not that interesting. Well, it's not visually and, appealing. And also yeah. when, yeah. So, so we like to shoot things cinematically. You know, we want them to be very graphic. We want them to, when you can freeze a frame of the show, you're like, oh my God, that is beautiful. But it's graphic, it's composed, characters have color palettes, sets are designed so that they work with the costumes. You know what I mean? Like it's all it's all very, you know, and I don't mean designed in a way that's going to pull you out of the show. And, and frankly, I hope it doesn't pull you out of the show. But you want to know like, oh, when I'm with a widow, her world looks like this. When I'm with Quinn, his world looks like this. When I'm with Sonny, you know, when I'm with... So it's just, you know, the nomads look like this, the barons look like that. So, you know, you got to create all of that so it feels... It feels like the world exists beyond what you're seeing in the frame. You know, like like oh, okay, it's a lived-in world. You know, it's dirty, it's dusty, it's beautiful, it's colorful, but it also it, it feels like the people just didn't walk into the the world didn't start when the when the director yelled action. You know what I mean? Good like deal. It, it's Good been deal. there. Yeah, and then and then in terms of the fight sequences, again, we shoot them like dance numbers in that. When you go to, when you see Gene Kelly dancing, when you see, you know, La La Land did this, you know, you want to see the dancers dancing. So what you have to do is get really good dancers. In this case, our martial artist, you know, Daniel and, and the Hong Kong team. And, and frankly, you know, our cast goes through six, you know, it was, I think it was six, it might have been seven weeks season one, it was five weeks season two, because they'd done it before. But they go through every day, eight hours a day, fight camp, we call it, where they're trained to do it and what you're doing is strength flexibility working on the wires because when when you see the fight you want to see the dancers dancing like you love singing in the rain because i'm watching gene kelly i'm watching donald o'connor 
you know, I'm watching Debbie Reynolds. And, and if you look at some of those numbers, you go, there's three cuts in that whole number. So with the, with the, with the Hong Kong style, and obviously there's always going to be cuts in a fight scene because you need to, and there's wires and everything else. But you, but what you try to do is show as much of the dancers dancing as possible. So, you know, we don't want the quick cut, you know, born style or just frankly, quick cut any American action film style, you know, because, then, then they aren't, you're not, you know, sort of luxuriating in the dance that you're doing. And that's really what Hong, you know, Hong Kong martial arts cinema is about that. It's, it's sort of beautiful and bloody and deadly and, you know, but you're telling a story in the fights. The fight isn't just punch, punch, kick, kick, let's move on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And something you mentioned there, duration of a shot without cuts also shows to me more quality of planning, execution, and overall product. Um, a great example I always reference with anybody who's ever you know, questions this is, is that a movie that blew me away was Children of Men. And there yeah. is a scene in there that I swear is 10 minutes that has some of the most epic action, explosions going off, and it's all just following a person going through like a war zone. And the, yeah. the camera yeah. never stops the entire time. Yeah. And to my, to, to me, that is one of the greatest scenes ever filmed on TV. A lot of people don't know about the, you know, that movie or whatever it is, but when you bring that into a TV yeah. show and you're able to incorporate those long takes and you're able to have, like you said, your dancer, your real, your, your actor in place being a part of that, uh, it goes back more to that realism and more to that character development and more to what makes the show appealing is that they're not constantly having to blink every time the show cuts to a new scene or somebody getting hit or whatever it may be. Right. So it's another testament to what y'all bring to the table when it comes to the show. Um, now, to, not, not to fast forward a bit like that, but going into season two, um, it, like yeah. you mentioned before, you, we, you had a few set pieces there we kind of stuck to in New Orleans. Now, you said we moved to Dublin, we did other things. What kind of um, surroundings are we going to see our characters in for season two that are going to be different than what we've seen in season one that you can, that you can talk about? Well, yeah, of course. You're going to see, you know, you're, you're basically going to see, um, you know, different worlds you're going to see the you know the abbots that you saw at the end of the season who came in and, and grabbed mk and put him in a trunk and took him across the desert you're going to see their monastery and you're going to follow you know mk and what he's been doing the show picks up six months after the end of the first season so we'll see mk in that monastery with those abbots what is their training they're trying to train him to control his power you know what I mean? That's so we're, really what they're, so what they're, they're technically they're good guys. They're not bad guys. You know, well, you, I, there's no, I, I will say this with the Badlands. There are no good guys and bad guys. I think everybody's gray. You know what I mean? Okay. But, but, I like that. Certainly. I like that. Yeah. I think, I think that's the case. And then when you, when you, we meet Sonny, Sonny is way out in what we call the outlying territories. And the outlying territories is the land sort of beyond the Badlands. And he is in an, in a, you know, he's been sold into slavery and he's working in a mine, but the mine is kind of a, it's almost like an old, you know, landfill from our time. You know, you see it's sort of like a, a city that's been excavated and it's people sort of excavating the, you know, the, the, the trash and the, and the tchotchkes of our time. And this is where he meets a character named Baji, who's played by Nick Frost, who's been added, who comes in in season two. And Nick's fantastic. And I, you know, I think again, as you, as we sat back and looked at season one, you know, and I saw this in some of the reviews and it's something I actually really agreed with that, you know, the show felt a little 
serious and and didn't seem like there was a lot of fun. And while we certainly didn't what? want it to be a yuck fest, you know, we didn't want it to to be we didn't want it to be self serious. What we didn't want to devolve into is a self serious cable drama. Define so, fun. And what's that? Define I think, fun. I think fun. I think fun is, and I don't mean I don't mean like you know suddenly they're you know going on you know beer runs and stuff like that. But it's just it's somebody to add some humor, you know. I think a little humor into the world. You know, I think everybody in season one was was very serious. And again, guess what? Sonny's a serious character. MK is a serious character. I think Quinn brings fun to you know he brought fun to the to the table. Um, yeah, I did because you never knew you never knew what Martin was thinking, but. Um, but I think what Baji does is he brings a little, you know, he, he's somebody who can play off Sonny because Sonny's such a serious character. I think it's fun to see a character like Nick, you know, uh, come in and really, you know, take the piss out of Sonny a little bit. And you don't really know what Baji's agenda is. Is he, is he Sonny's friend? Is he working against him? Is he a con man? What secrets does he have? And as they start to go on to their journey, literally back into the Badlands, you know, to find Vale and to find the, the baby, um, you know, you really get to really get to unpack that relationship. Oh, I, I, so I, I totally know what you mean. It's just like Game of Thrones when you have Jamie Lannister and his right, you know, and you have Bronn, who is, you know, another character of formidable, but he also brings a little bit of humor, a little bit of opportunity to bounce off of. And that's why that character yeah. becomes one of the fan favorites is because, you know, you, you're able to have, a, like you said, a little fun with it. Um, I guess what I was saying yeah. is my definition of fun was seeing amazing fighting, seeing sword play, seeing yes. the imagination oh, yeah. of characters like that. But I guess when you go to, when they think of fun, I'm guessing they mean the personality of personalities on the show. And Yes, and I think exactly. I mean, you know, you look at, and again, exactly. Who, when you look at, when I, when I look at Game of Thrones, I mean, until this past season where they finally killed so many people, I could keep track of all the players. You know, <laughs> it's like, I loved, you know, I loved, uh, you know, the Mother of Dragons. I love, you know, it was it, Tyrion, right? Is is Peter Dinklage? You know what I mean? And because he was just like he brought a little levity to that world, which was <laughs> exactly so insane, you know. Um, you know, and they gave, but but and again, I think that's really what what Nick does. And again, he's not just a funny, you know, it's not just bringing in a comedic sidekick. It's no. he's a character who who fits into this world, who definitely has some, you know, brings out different sides of Sonny and, you know, but he has his own secrets and he has his own struggles and, and we'll learn about those as we go. So you're going to see, you know, where MK's been taken, where Sonny's been taken. And then when we go back into the Badlands, you know, that, that world has changed as well. You know, Ryder is now the Baron of, of, you know, he has, he has his father's territory and what was, you know, Jacoby's territory and the widow's oil fields and, and the widow who's been, you know, at the end of season one, you know, we saw she was wounded and she, um, you know, was kind of, kind of on her, you know, on her, you know, sort of back on her heels a little bit. Um, Tilda doesn't give her the poison, which I think we could all pretty much figure out wasn't going to happen. Yeah. But, um, and she and Tilda have kind of repaired their relationship and Tilda is her regent. And now the widow's really on a crusade to bring equality to the Badlands, which is ruffling the feathers of the other barons. And that's the other thing too: is you're going to meet the other barons, you'll you'll get a better sense of you know what the Badlands looks like. You know, you'll see a map of the Badlands this season. I know that was something that fans were like, you know, 
where where is the Badlands? What does it look like? Is there a map? So you know, you that's just Game of Thrones talk. You know, you get to watch the map yeah. in the beginning of the intro, and you know, know hey, is, give me a Badlands is, map too. <laughs> yeah, that's, but it's, yeah. I mean, it's Come on, this is supposed to be original here. You know. <laughs> we don't need spoon you, feeding uh, the audience here. Come on now. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean it's not. You don't. You don't. You don't focus on it, but there definitely is one because there would be. But, oh yeah, um, no doubt. How many barons we bring into the table this time? You bring. You, you'll. You'll meet. Um, you'll meet five. You'll meet five new barons. Wow. So that is a yeah. So you're you're also you're ramping up the scale of the overall yes. map when it comes not gotta hate to use the yeah. word map now but um the overall yeah, well, setting of the yeah. badlands and everything else uh, so you're really expanding that and is that going to be challenging you think you know sometimes that detracts like you just said a minute ago game of thrones had so many things going on that you in one episode you couldn't cover you know that's not going to be a situation with you guys this is y'all probably going to be introducing things as it goes along not having all yeah. at once correct yeah. You intru- yeah, you introduce things, as, and, and, you, and you're always seeing it through the eyes of our characters. Like, you're seeing Sonny's world through Sonny's eyes. You're seeing MK's world through MK's eyes. You're seeing kind of, you're seeing the, you know, the, the Badlands through, you know, frankly, through the Widow's eyes and Tilda's eyes. Like, it all, it doesn't, it'll, it'll I think it'll, when you see it played out, it will all make, you know, it'll, it'll all make sense, and it all kind of, you know, fits together. And, and it's, um, you know, but I think you definitely will see, like, it's a bigger world than, it's again, it's things you heard about in season one, you know, that you'll actually get to see in season two, which is, which is exciting. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I, but, but it's all- there's no doubt. I need a bib for the salivation we got going on here, man. Tomorrow night <laughs> is, uh, has been a 15 months overdue. Um, let me tell you, it is, uh, and I think, I mean, I'm telling you, 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 y'all have a really, really big cult following. Um, you know, I, I know you say you like to check social media and stuff, but there, there are some groups out there that are growing exponentially that are so excited about where this is going. Um, oh, good. And I really, really, good. I mean, I even mind, even my own listeners have always talked about how they can't wait to get back. Cause you know, like I said, six episodes was just like having an appetizer. We're ready for the entree yeah, exactly. now, you know, and, uh, exactly. don't bring me no side salad. We want, we want the, we want a steak and potato and, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and I think that's what everybody's expecting. And so to see when we yeah. correct me, I'm wrong. This is going to be a 10 episode season, correct? It is a, it is a 10 episode season. It is definitely a full meal. Yeah, that's what I want to hear. That's what we want to hear. And, yeah, the uh, season's a full meal. Just to make sure everybody's clear, <laughs> this is a Sunday night, 10, 9 central. Now, you'll be following right behind Walking Dead, another show we cover. Um, Correct. And then when The Walking Dead ends, will you be sliding into their slot or maintaining the 10, 9 central? No, we'll, we'll, stay, at, we'll stay at 10. We'll stay at 10 o'clock. Yeah, ten. I think it's, yeah, ten nine central. Well, that's good um, because didn't, I mean, then, if correct me if I'm wrong, your first season there was a fluctuation in time when it's you know, is that am I, am no, I wrong? No, we no no it, we were always we we, we were on the, and it's similar to this. We our first three episodes are after The Walking Dead, then The Walking Dead season will will end, and then but we'll stay on at ten. And my guess is what they'll do is they'll do the the reruns up to the new episode, which is what they did in season one. Okay, so, good. Okay, um, good. You know, so that catch up episode, yeah. Catch up. That's right. That's exactly. right. That's awesome. You know, That's so awesome. It's, yeah, no, it's, I think it'll be great. I mean, AMC have been amazing partners. I mean, they're a fantastic mm-hmm. network, you know, who, who just always, 
you know, really want to swing for the fences. And that's something like they don't want to play it safe, which I really, as a television creator, you, you, you know, you couldn't ask for, for better creative partners. In our opinion, Um, in our opinion, AMC is the groundbreaking mold for everybody else to follow. Now you think about the shows they brought to the table with Mad Men, Breaking Bad, Walking Dead, uh, you know, now we got Better Call Saul. We got Into the Badlands. These are all shows that have gone away from network, away from everything else you can imagine. Completely imaginary, completely different, and that's why those cable shows, you know, with AMC, are what they are. And you have these other stations that are bringing it to the table. You realize now that Netflix and Amazon and HBO, Cinemax, all these other, even WGN has got into the mix to create dynamic you know, visionary style TV that is more compelling than movies right now. Heck, I tell you right now, I would rather go watch a TV series than go to the movie theater because y'all guys are bringing stuff to the table that a a movie can't do. And that's what we love. No, and I, you know, I, I would agree. What's weird is, you know, movies have become, you know, just these sort of tentpole bombastic kind of spectacles not obviously not all of them but cash grabs you know and and they just sort of feel like you know i've heard somebody today say it feels like it's the trailer for the next movie they're trying to sell you two years from now so amen to that amen to that i I just went and watched king kong skull island and it was two hours of let's see how much cg we can put on tv which was semi-entertaining don't get me wrong the movie was all right but just to give you a lead-in to the new series of movies and that's what it was And I was like, you really just made me watch two hours of a movie to give me all the puzzle pieces to show me a half a puzzle of what's coming down the line. Yeah. And that's what it no, was. And I, yeah. And I think, I think what, you know, what television is, has certainly done and, you know, and certainly at AMC and stuff is they like, they let the creators do their thing. You know what I mean? Yes. They give notes. They give a lot of really good notes. Thank you. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> Yes, there are budgets. You got to do things within a certain parameters. Like none of that is none of that has changed. But you know, they also encourage you to swing for the fences and don't do the expected thing. Don't do the safe thing. And I think, you know, and what's interesting about being a showrunner is that, you know, it's you're basically you're a writer, you know, and a storyteller. So it's, I think the other thing too with television, and it's always been this way by its nature because you have to feed the beast is that the people in charge are writers, you know, and then producers and then directors, you know what I mean? In terms of, in terms of the skill set you have to take on. So, so they, I think the shows have a voice because, you know, they basically, the buck stops with me and miles, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, and and AMC will weigh in and sometimes, you know, they'll be like, okay, I mean, they'll, they'll say something like, and, and they've been great partners. And sometimes they'll be like, look, this is how we feel. If you guys feel passionately the other way, you do it. It's your show. Like, but we're just, we're going to, you know, they weigh in and they're great partners that way. And they never, and I think, I think it's a good, it's a good give and take because they're never jamming us. Like, no, they're never basically saying you need to do it this way or you can't do this or, you know, they, they don't, they don't do that. And, you know, it's funny because for me, AMC reminds me a lot of what it was like to work in the WB back when we did Smallville. And if you, when I look back at the WB, you know, more so than anything, especially now, you know, this week was like the the 20th anniversary of Buffy. And that's the network to me that really put the showrunners in charge. And that's the first time 
I'd ever frankly heard the term, you know, where they made the creators of the shows, you know, stars, you know, it, it was JJ and Kevin Williamson and, and, and Joss Whedon and, and, you know, and then it was, you know, Amy Sherman Palladino, <laughs> Gilmore, and then it was us. And then, you know, but it was great. And that, and I felt that too, because they didn't care about testing. They didn't care. They're like, we want to make stuff that we are fans of. Like we're fans of the shows that we make. And that's how AMC is. Like they actually like the shows they make, you know, and they're fans. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, I think that's something too, that, that television, you know, and I think, you know, people see the rewards like, Oh, if you let the creative people do interesting stuff, guess what? People want to see it because they're tired of seeing the same old, same old. They want, something different you I, know, agree, I, mean, I, think, I think i agree you know i mean that's just you know and, and it's fantastic and then you have companies like netflix that, and you know so everybody's i think in television is swinging for the fences in the right way you know and obviously there's going to be things that work things that don't work things that you're like okay well you know but but i think you know to me the greatest sin of television isn't being good or bad it's being boring you can't be boring. amen man if amen you're, I... if you're boring you wasted people's time. There is no a, doubt. You can see a bad, a quote unquote bad show and enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. I, you know. I, look, I'm a huge Walking Dead fan and we, we, I, we, we call it the weekly barbecue because there's a lot of stuff that they do that I just really kind of question and shake my head at, but I still absolutely love the show. One of my top yeah. favorite shows of all time, read all the comics, graphic novels, whole nine yards, and that's going to come and go. I mean, there's reasons, but yeah, um, I, I got to tell you, Al, well, I, I want to tell you congratulations on season two. I want to tell you, you that you are a amazing guy to talk to. You have brought so much to the table um, that I can't, it's just going to be that much harder for me to wait until tomorrow night. Um, and I think it's going to be that <laughs> way with everybody else. Um, and it's just, Great. it's a, it's a real pleasure to know that, you know, there are guys like you, you and, uh, uh, miles that are bringing this kind of stuff up and bringing it to the for the people to enjoy um you know Good. i uh, Thank you. we every sunday is going to be a pleasure and I, a lot of that credit goes to you and miles and what y'all do and bringing these people in and these influences and the artisticness that you bring to all this entertainment and we really, really look forward to this season coming up. And I hope that uh, we can talk again one day and that we could discuss some Absolutely. other things going on. And before I kind of wrap up like that, is there anything else y'all got cooking in the books down the road that maybe the, you know, the listener might be excited about hearing, you know, in the future? Well, we, yeah, look, we have some things that are, that are cooking. We can't, nothing we can talk about now. I mean, what we're doing at the moment, you know, I just got back from New Zealand where we're shooting the second season of the Shinar Chronicles, which uh, should, you know, be back on the air in, in, in late summer. Um, and that's on but, MTV, uh, correct? That's on MTV, yeah. Correct. That'll be on MTV. Um, but the first season of that is also on Netflix. I'll, I'll plug my other show. Absolutely. And, uh, <laughs> Absolutely. So, pimp away. So, pimp, uh, pimp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyway, you know, look, it's, it, it, it's great to talk to you. It's, you know, it's great that, that the show is, is, you know, really, you know, uh, really touched people and excited people. And that, that, you know, it's, it's got this sort of passionate fan base that, that we always love because, you know, frankly, you make the shows so that people will love them. And, and, you know, we're, we're the, 
we're the sort of the first fans of our shows and, and, but it's, it's really great to, uh, you know, to get to talk to you. And, and, um, like I said, that, that's sort of the beauty of social media, which wasn't as prevalent in our Smallville days, which is you can get, you know, frankly, you can get instant feedback, good and bad, you know, and it's something, you know, <laughs> sometimes that, you don't uh, want it. <laughs> but always, no, but, but you know what I found? And even in, you know, back in the Smallville days when it was more about fan sites where you had to go to or certain sites, a lot of times what people liked or didn't like and was something that we felt ourselves. It rarely was there, I would say, constructive criticism that I didn't go, you know what, that's a good point. You know what I mean? Like, you right, go, right, hey, right. That's, that's fair enough. Or you're like, yeah, that was kind of a thing in the show we hoped you just didn't didn't pay attention to and kept moving. <laughs> but, you know, but you do that, you know. It's <laughs> I can only imagine you know? being, being a perfectionist if you watch a show that every time you do something, you knew what went, went into it, and you're like, I probably could have done that a little better or a little different or so yeah, on. Yeah. I would probably never yeah. be able to do what you do and you know, to be able to go with the flow on things and realize and have that faith. Um, but I can tell you now, anybody I've ever talked to, they don't have a negative word to say. Uh, you, 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 oh, well, you, you bring a lot nice that really hear. make people enjoy. Um, and you know, anytime you can take somebody away from their normal life to something that they enjoy – um, through TV, you, you've done an amazing job and a service to everyone. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell you to mess your rotator cuff up beating yourself on the back or anything, but I mean, just, uh, <laughs> definitely, uh, definitely know that you are appreciated you and miles and everybody is part of the show. Uh, we're going to watch right. it every week. We're going to promote it every week and, you know, recap it. And we're, we, we call it like we see it. So, you know, if you ever want criticism that's constructive, you know, give a listen and yeah, you'll be surprised maybe. Um, but other than that, I want everybody on the show and that's listening. Remember, this is on Sunday nights. This is 10, 9 central into the Badlands on AMC. And this was the amazing Al Goff. And I can't thank you enough for joining us tonight and what it means to our listeners as well as your fan base. And so other than that, uh, is there anything else you want to close with before we wrap it up? No, that's it. Just thanks for, uh, thanks for watching. Absolutely. Well, guys, this is uh, Zach from Bleed TV, and we're going to catch you all next week.